the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Good morning. Good investing day. It's a good day to be an investor. Good year to be an investor. Year to date, the NASDAQ's up 8.8%. Not too shabby. S&P 500 is up 10.9%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 8.7%. Bitcoin up 22%. Ten-year Treasury sits at a very meek and very manageable 1.43%. When the ten-year Treasury marches to 1516171819192, it's going to be tougher to say it's a good year on investing. It's a good year on housing prices. All those things will come under pressure as the 10-year moves higher. But for now, you could say it's good. Interesting note, Netflix down 8% for the year. Huh. I think that's indicative of what we're seeing in the market. The NASDAQ, the S&P 500 is beating the NASDAQ. Very indicative of what we're seeing in the market. If you haven't noticed, big tech names... Um, being splashy all over the headline news, it's because they haven't been. They've lagged the broader S&P 500 this year. But Apple, Amazon, Netflix went gangbusters last year. That's how Wall Street works. Very rarely what worked last year is going to be the winner this year. But sometimes we get lulled into that. Cruiser lose it. I know you're saying, let's do it. Let's talk Tom Cruise. No, let's not talk Tom Cruise, but let's talk Royal Caribbean. The Freedom of the Seas departed Miami the first time a cruise ship has sailed from a U.S. port in 15 months. It's not quite the love boat, but we're going to call it the love boat for just one day. Two-day run consisting of the company's employees and their guests, but the voyage is a milestone. But basically, the pandemic has kind of been linked to the Diamond Princess, which was forced into quarantine in Japan back in February 2020. And we kept hearing and seeing stories of people trapped on a boat. And like, that doesn't look so bad. And like, they're not allowed to leave their cabins. Oh, that looks bad. Oh, there's feces problems. Oh, that looks awful. You couldn't pay me to get on a cruise ship. If I were to win one on The Price is Right, which is a fantasy of mine, being on The Price is Right, and being the big showcase showdown of winter, I, I go, Mike, Mike, you can you can have this one, Bob. I, I don't want to go on the cruise. I know you're saying Bob hasn't been the host of Prices, right, for a long time. But in my head, Mr. Barker is still there. So given how easily germs travel on packed ships, the CDC clamped down on cruises. So this is actually a pretty big day. And the methodical approach the CDC has taken to clamping down on the no-sale orders uh, is frustrated – Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who's argued the federal government was unnecessarily kneecapping an industry that supports roughly 160,000 jobs in his states. 
could you imagine the cruise industry supports 160,000 jobs in Florida? I would never have guessed that. So still some choppy waters are ahead for cruises, but we're opening back up. Today is uh, a shopping festivist day. It's Amazon Prime Day, a holiday you can't attack for being co-opted by commercialism because it exactly is commercialism. You can't say, oh, isn't Christmas supposed to be all be about Santa and not buying gifts? Yes, you could say that. But you can't say that about Amazon Prime Day. This is a day where we're supposed to be drunken sailors and buy stuff. It should be called Be a Drunken Sailor and Buy Stuff Day. Amazon's going to offer 2 million deals to its Prime members to juice the e-commerce sales. Believe it or not, it's probably going to be a disappointing Prime Day this year because of uh, supply constraints around the world. But this is a return to normalcy for Cruise Line Day, but it's also a return to normalcy for Amazon. As last year, the Prime Day kind of thing got kind of lost. In two days, um, last year, Amazon said, let's not do July because they didn't have enough workers. Let's not do June. Let's do it in October when we're going to start opening up the economy. And in two days, last year, Amazon sold $10.4 billion worth of goods. That was up 45% year over year. Its third-party sellers saw their sales up 60%. Inventing a holiday to get people to shop has turned out to be a brilliant idea for other retailers as well. Walmart, Target, Kohl's have all started offering mega deals. So it's out there. Like I remember the first time I read about China's Singles Day. And it was a big e-commerce day where the idea is if you're single, treat yourself to something nice on November 11. November is the 11th month. They celebrated on the 11th day. So it was 1111. Singles. Weird, right? But Walmart, Target, Kohl's, and other big winners are out there due to Prime Day being such a made up, invented holiday, a day of consumerism. I just find that so American. <laughs> I'm very proud of us all. Congratulations to us. The markets looked like they were going to open lower if you looked yesterday and then by today we go well maybe this is a buying opportunity instead of a selling situation today we're gonna to get cryptocurrencies having a bout of selling this morning tied heavily towards the risk coming out of a crackdown in china and president biden is going to report and review the bipartisan infrastructure plan today um so we're getting some movement on that. It should come to fruition because the Republicans have a number on the table and the Democrats have a number on the table. So in theory, they just need to compromise. Um, but that may be oversimplifying it, even for me. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about the... S&P 500 and the NASDAQ started last week at market highs, but by the end of the week, it wasn't bloody, but the S&P 500 was down 2%. The NASDAQ was down one-third of 1%. The Russell 2000 was down 4.2%. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 3.4%. So last week was a really tough week. What was interesting was financials were the biggest loser, followed by materials and energy. 
things that we would consume ultimately in an expansion. So the market doesn't know what it wants to do at this point in time. But Fed Chairman Powell struck an accommodative tone last week. But he did start saying interest rates may be a reality in 2023. We'll try not to, but it's starting to look like there's some strength to our economy and there's some strength to the inflation. Not all of that was said. A lot of it was implied. American Airlines is telling us what we kind of know. Too many people are flying. And they don't have enough staff. The United States is going to have a staffing industry throughout the summer of people that are slow to come back to work or don't want to come back to work or are looking for other jobs. Our economy has changed during the pandemic, and I don't think it goes back to the same boring old economy. I think there's going to be a lot of accommodations for work at home, and maybe that'll change some pay for the worse. But American Airlines says, you know, we don't have enough people to do maintenance. We don't have enough people to staff. So we're going to cancel flights. You're seeing the same exact scenario play out at high-end resorts in Hawaii. Not enough staff to put in the resorts. And if you're dropping two, dollars $3,000 a night on a hotel, you're expecting pretty good service when you wake up and you want to see that pot of coffee in your room. Oh, my. What a mess it is out there. No. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me at robblackshow.com. I've got a great YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. It's brutal out there. Las Vegas is cooking. Amidst a blazing heat wave and it's going to get worse, this is going to be a very dry and hot summer. By the end of it, our crops won't be in good condition. Our grocery prices should be looking at inflation because of it. Lack of water in California, which produces most of the fruits and vegetables for the country of the United States, is going to be a problem. In June, you're not thinking about it. In September and October, you'll be realizing it in your wallet. You'll be like, $9.99 for a packet of strawberries. That's right. Prices are going up. Um, I, I was reading a little bit about Vegas over the weekend. Temperatures in the desert city have hovered close to historic highs, peaking at 116. There was one city in California that has hit 115. Was it 115? It hit it hit, I think, over 110 for 15 days in a row. That one I, I'm, I'm, I'm hazy on. But tourists are packing Vegas. And tourists are packing Vegas right now when it's blazingly hot. There's a lot There's a lot of stories there. Vegas is reopened. I asked my producer during the break, I said, do you feel like the economy is opening up pretty fast? Um, and he goes, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're talking a little about Hawaii and what it's like to stay at a resort for $600 to $3,000 a night and to wait an hour at the pool to get a drink. It's not cool. If you ever go to Vegas, there's a lot of time when you're not in a casino where you're outside. If you're outside on the Vegas Strip, it's hot. People feel that they're going to pass out. Las Vegas population is booming. The city's sprawling into the surrounding desert. Extra concrete adds to the sizzle. On hot days, the highway and roads are littered with broken down automobiles because of the heat. 
Nevada's climate is getting hotter. If you get into a car that's been sitting around outside for a couple hours, it's probably 140 degrees in it. This does not seem like the recipe for success. Now, again, that's just a small Vegas story, but if the summer's one-third the way over, it, it's telling you that heat creates a need for water, and we don't have a lot of new water said from the winter snows. A lot going on in that story. I told you a little bit earlier that Hawaii is having a big problem with tourism to the point that they can't meet the demand. Um, everyone's going to Hawaii. 2019 pre-pandemic was a record year. So to have 2020 be a sideways, to be a nothing year, we didn't go. It gave Hawaii's plush resorts and plush environment a chance to, to kind of like take a year off a breather, so to speak, which is great. Standard room rates at luxury resorts are pushing $3,000 a night right now. The state saw 2,000 more arrivals from June 1 through June 8th than it did in the same period of 2019. So let's get the pandemic out of it. And we're packing into Hawaii. Probably not a fun way. When I go on vacation, I kind of want to chill. I'm not about going to state parks. I'm not about getting in lines. I'm not, a, I'm not that guy. But there's a rental car shortage to the point that people are renting U-Hauls to drive their family from the airport to the hotel or the hotel to the lovely national park that they've always wanted to visit. Visitors are back, but workers aren't there. There's an estimated 40,000 hotels on Hawaii and restaurant jobs. They're going unfilled with a greater number of opportunities and more favorable living costs on the mainland. A lot of islanders left altogether Hawaii and came to the United States. When tourism shut down, people looked and said, I want to go to the United I want to go to mainland. Because there wasn't a, a, a number two, number three. It, it's a state that's heavily tourism. An estimated 16,000 disappeared from Hawaii's labor force since the pandemic began. Now, I'm not telling you you probably don't want to go to Hawaii because that never sounds exactly quite right. But you probably want to do a little bit of homework before you go on vacations right now. And if you're thinking about a vacation, let's say in November to Hawaii, as soon as you can book your, your, your restaurants, I'd book them. Do yourself a favor, get on open table and, and start figuring out when do they take reservations. Is it six months in advance? Is it three months in advance? Companies are so desperate for help right now, not only in Hawaii, but across the United States, that you're starting to see incentive bonuses for employees, higher wages to start, referral bonuses, bonuses for your one-year anniversary. So you're seeing that as well in Hawaii. Um, complimentary snorkel tours if you come on and sign for an eco-adventure job. Hawaii's popularity this year is due to the COVID-19 protocols. It's kind of, we know that it's kind of very United States, but it's also kind of a break from the United States. But we don't really feel terribly great about Europe yet. Some of us do. But many are still kind of like putting their feet back in the water or their toes in the water first. Like, do I think COVID protocols are better in the United States than Mexico? Maybe. I don't know. 
but maybe because we're the United States, we've got we've got the Center for Disease Control. We never make mistakes. But in good news, the hotel and leisure industry has seen spend like never ever before. Treehouse dinners, including wine pairings, two thousand dollars for two people booked every night through the month. It's staggering if you have the staff. Yes, I would like to eat in the Hotel Wailea. Yes, the the resorts there are kind of like Vegas, where they have these crazy, crazy restaurants. Um, as far as like crazy delicious. Um, a lot of people are visiting Big Island. It turns out to be the priciest vacation they've ever had. Scenic helicopter flights on Maui sold out. So some people are going from Maui to the Big Island so they can get a tour, and they're finding that the tour has been jacked up in price to $1,600. Um, now, that's cheap compared to the two-hour flight, which has been jacked up to $6,500. So there's an unsustainable balance right now of people who want to spend big money and staff that's not there to help make it a pampering service. Um. The resorts are packed. The tourists are clogging traffic by literally illegally stopping in the middle of the road to take photos. The employees are trying to get to work. It's crowded. 2,000 more people came in the first week of June than last than two years ago. Interesting times, in my opinion. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Let's burn through some headlines and burn through some thoughts on investing and tell you what's working on Wall Street today and why. Texas power companies are remotely raising temperatures on your smart thermostat. That's a new one. I didn't know that could happen. Texas is one of several states suffering through a record-breaking heat wave right now. It's pushing the electric grid to its limit. It's very similar to what they had when they had a massive shutdown earlier this year. Several residents in Houston said they unknowingly enrolled in a program called Smart Savers Texas. Part of the promotion is that the agreement says to get into an entry into a sweepstakes, electric customers grant permission for the program's operator Energy Hub to control their thermostats during periods of high energy demand. So some people go to bed, they wake up and 78 degrees inside their house, wake up sweating. They thought it was going to be a 72. The Texas Energy Commission says, well, we're trying to not go blackout. I didn't know they could do that. On one hand, I think it's really, really cool. On the second hand, I think that seems a little invasive. Um, Delta coronavirus, the variant appears to have tripled to 31% of all U.S. coronavirus cases in just the last 11 days. It's more dangerous than other variants and could imperil the country's recovery. It's something we're going to keep an eye on. Another shutdown would not be deemed well by Wall Street. Yes, there would be more cheap money. Yes, there would be more bailouts. Yes, there would be more lockdowns. I don't think we have the patience for that. I'm not saying let people die, but... I, I don't know what's going to happen. When I see a, a headline like that, I'm like, oh, boy. Let's keep an eyeball out on that one, see how that story is going to change. 
Amazon Prime Day today. Shoppers are booting up a computer, turning, opening up their web browsers and looking for big discounts. Uh, but there are some supply chain obstacles. That's worthy of note. We'll see how well they do over, we'll probably know by Wednesday, how well Amazon and other people did. The Dow's got an amazing comeback today, up as much as 450 points after last week getting routed in the commodity space. Things that help us consume and expand our economy, commodities, got hit pretty darn hard. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money investing and more. Four major indices got shredded last week. Bitcoin got put into the doghouse this morning, dropping to 32,000 after China's putting a crackdown on Bitcoin miners in their country. 65% of all Bitcoins are mined, made, created in China. And it consumes an enormous amount of energy to do it. And in this area that Bitcoin has been cracked down on by China, it's coal-fired energy, probably the worst type of energy creation as far as pollution goes. And if you're a Bitcoin enthusiast, I don't think you want China mad at you. It's okay to have um, someone like an Elon Musk be a cheerleader and then be kind of negative, but a whole country, when 65% of the products made in that country, uh, you don't want that. In my opinion, last week, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell struck an accommodative tone, trying to be accommodative for the economy. But by Friday, St. Louis Fed President Bullard, seen as one of the more dovish Fed members, sounded more hawkish, talking about a forecast rate hike in 2022, and that the Federal Reserve shouldn't be involved in mortgage-backed securities, keeping them low-priced by buying debt, basically saying, I don't necessarily agree with Jerome Powell. Powell. Um, that's a driving story. This week, we're going to get existing home sales on tomorrow morning, initial jobless claims on Thursday, personal income and spending on Friday. Those are the big economic reports. Elsewhere out there, everyone loves Kathy Wood. She of the tech stock darlings. She made a ton of money. And if you mimicked her in 2020, you made a ton of money. Well, not so much recently. Um, underperforming the overall market, her robotics and tech fund, ticker symbol ARKQ, has lagged the overall market. The overall market up 13%, but the robot market up just 5% on her fund, and her innovators in fintech up just 5.5%. Now, her colleagues and her are focusing on the next five years and not necessarily the next five months out of these growth players, innovation breakers, but Last year's darling has turned out to be this year's not-so-darling. Again, I eh, can't really judge that one too much, can we? If she's in it for five years and we're judging her on five months, that's not quite fair, which is something you should do in your portfolio. Working in the financial planning world, a lot of people look at like Netflix and say, I want my portfolio up that much. They don't say, I want my portfolio up to the S&P 500. They want the risk of the S&P 500 but they want the reward of Netflix. You can't have it both ways. Find a good metric that you feel comfortable comparing yourself to. 
PetSmart and DoorDash are teaming up for same-day delivery. That's okay. A lot of conveniences have happened in the last 10, 15 years on the stock market companies that are coming public. DoorDash is one of them. I used to be okay getting my car and go to the pet store. Now I'm just like, can we have it delivered? My son had a fever of 100 this weekend. And uh, I was kind of by myself and I, I had to rifle through the counter to find aspirin. And then I, not dad of the year, I'm like, which one breaks fever, Tylenol or aspirin? Which one do we have kind of thing? And I started not panicking. I was like, I'll just door dash it. Didn't want to get up and go to the store and do it myself. Heck, why? I got DoorDash free for two years. Why not use it? Victoria's Secret has dropped its angels in hopes of attracting new women to the struggling brand. Strangely, I want to see supermodels stand outside malls looking for work. Have you ever been to a Home Depot and you see a lot of, on Saturday and Sunday, people are willing to come to your house and do the work for you? You want to do a project like put in a garden? And there's a lot of Latin Americans outside in the parking lot saying, hey, I'll work for $20 an hour. I would like to see supermodels stand outside of malls going, hey, I'll I'll wear skippy clothes for $20 an hour. It's just like Best Buy when they go through a hiring freeze and firing people. I kind of want to see a lot of nerds in the parking lot like, you need your computer fixed? I'll fix your computer. It's just a weird thing in my head that I want to see people outside businesses asking to do work on an independent contractor basis. Something's wrong with me. Yes, Bed Bath & Beyond can have uh, house cleaners outside. What other industries can we have? Burger King can have uh, employees willing to come to your house and barbecue for you. Apple is considering a subscription-based healthcare service. Not a fitness service, but a healthcare service. Thousands of Americans have signed a petition banning Jeff Bezos from Earth after he goes into space. I think that's funny. I don't know if it's a good time expenditure, but it's funny. Even funnier, thousands of people have signed a petition wanting Jeff Bezos to buy the Mona Lisa from Louvre in France and eat it. That's right. People want him to eat it to show how egregiously wealthy he truly is. It sounds like a bad episode. From Black Mirror. Is it Black Mirror or Dark Mirror? I don't even know which one it is, but it was my favorite show on Netflix during the pandemic. I went through Black Mirror. I went through all of them. And if we had to get a billionaire to buy a Mona Lisa and eat it, that seems like one of the plots inside that show. Apple is reportedly, let's go back to this one, subscription-based service on healthcare. It will be something they've floated for many years, but they want to... Get your heartbeat. They want to do your blood. They want to do uh, figure out everything they can to make you as healthy as possible or at least to have a reflection of your health through their technology. I was watching a little – was it hockey yesterday or was baseball? I was watching something. It was live sports. We know that. It was the basketball game. I do love to see Brooklyn choke. Something about Kevin Durant choking. I don't get a lot about sports. But I know a lot of people are pulling for him to fail. And uh, that's entertainment. But during the one of the commercials, Apple had this uh, person. It was a commercial for Apple. And the person's wandering around a job and people are following him. And he's getting on a subway and people are fo- more people are following him. And then he, he's with his family. More people are following him. And then he pulls out his Apple phone and he goes, don't follow me. Private mode. 
And it was really powerful. All the people started disappearing. And yes, we could all use more physical people in our lives, but these were virtual people that we didn't even realize were following us. It was a pretty powerful commercial, and it was almost a middle finger straight at Facebook because it was friends following them, you know? And what do you have on Facebook? Friends. I think Apple's in a pretty unique position. Um, I do think 2021, in the back half, in the first six months of 2022, before we get to the election cycle, so I would say from July of 2021 through June of 2022, I think you're going to see regulators giving it hard to Apple, Google, Microsoft, and Amazon. And <clears throat> so far, the narrative has been controlled by the tech companies and the fines have been in the hundreds of millions. That's nothing but a thing, the tech company. Nothing but a thing. So far, they've had slaps on the wrist. That's nothing. If they can get through the next 12 months... I think the stocks move higher as a group. During that process, it'll be fits and starts for sure. They're all making billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. The longer they can delay, they make billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. Hey, I have a YouTube channel where I'm going to do some market commentary today at Rob Black's show on YouTube, Rob Black's show. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you ever want to chit-chat about, we could chit-chat. Um, PayPal is making an ultimatum. They're giving credit cards a lot of run for their money. Credit card companies want to take a cut out of each transaction where you swipe your card. Whether it's Visa or MasterCard, it's one of the reasons I like Visa and MasterCard as stocks. But there's something called FinTech, financial tech, who are trying to kind of take a mallet out and hit those guys and say, that's not good. Some of the money that goes to Visa and MasterCard comes back to you in rewards. We've talked about this recently where I feel a little bit of guilt using reward credit cards because for the system to work, for me, you have to fail using them. And that suddenly has put a different spin on it other than, woohoo, this is a great way of spending money. Pay your balance every month, never carry a balance, never get hit with an interest charge and get 2 to 3% back on everything you buy. I factored it in the other day because I haven't gone on a plane ride in 15 months. I factored out how many vacation points I have <laughs> stored, and it's ridiculous. I've got well over $100,000 in hotel stays. And I've got something like 19000 in flights and restaurants. Like, it's ridiculous. Now, my hotel, it's, it limits me to the Hilton because that's the, the card that I use. But there's enough Hilton resorts that, I, that I'll want to go to. Now, here's the trick. Don't mess it up, Rob. If I mess it up, I'm going to lose a lot of money on hotels. If I miss one payment, I lose all those points. At some point in time, I may go, or listen to this. What if Hilton says, we're changing it so that instead of you getting 15 points for every dollar you spend, we're now going to cut that down to 10 points for every dollar you spend. And every time you spend your points, they're worth less than half of what I, we promised you they were. 
it happens. A friend of mine, she used to love flouting and showing her Southwest cards. She goes, I never pay to fly. I'm like, well, typically you don't want to use reward points on flights from San Francisco to LA. That's not terribly smart. You want to use them on longer flights. That's where you get more bang for your buck. So I was talking to her on that level and she goes, a couple months later, she goes, yeah, they changed the terms of the deal. So I'm canceling the card. I'm like, really? Fed's Jim Bullard sees first interest rate hike coming as soon as 2022. The best part of the low interest rate environment is very likely behind us. When rates went unreasonably low down to, you know, mortgages were being offered at 3.25%, 3%, that's likely over. With that said, some of the easiest gains in stocks and real estate for this cycle is likely over. Doesn't mean we can't work a little bit higher on both, but both the housing market and the stock market would probably benefit from a little bit of a break. Goldman Sachs says stocks will outperform in the near term, but growth stocks will uh, take the lead by the end of 2021. So there's been a little bit of a period of underperformance for the last six months for big tech. Goldman Sachs is saying, yeah, people are rotating into economic expansion plays versus uh, growth plays. And they use some fun words like history, valuations, positioning, economic deceleration, indicate the rotation is behind us. So growth at a reasonable price, it's also known as GARP, um, is a term that if you're torn between growth and value, the reopening of the economy, you're looking for reasonably priced companies. And that's the best thing that you can ever say, in my opinion. Um, I'm not looking for a home run. I'm looking for reasonable rates of return. But a little tougher said than done, right? Um, Tesla is one of those companies that is going to do well with the electric vehicle growth that is expected for the foreseeable. But Tesla also has a problem where a lot of insiders now are leaving the company. And anytime that happens, begs the question of why they leave it. Credit Suisse is out there today saying buy these 18 tech stocks now while they're cheap and ahead of their, the, ahead of their years of power pro, powerful profit growth. I'm always fascinated when a research company says buy these companies. When they say that these companies are tech companies and these companies still have powerful growth ahead of them, I will pay attention. Taking a look at the list, number 18 on the list is AMD. I agree with that. I think their best days are still ahead as GPUs really get embedded into things like self-driving cars and artificial intelligence. If I had to bet on one sector for the next five years, eh, I'd say for the next two to seven years, it might be artificial intelligence. You're going to see an onslaught of IPOs this year in the back half. PayPal is number 17 on their list of growth stocks that have a lot of growth still ahead of them. Five-year asset growth, 10%, three-year Compounded rate of return, 12.1%. Alphabet's on the list. So Google. Synopsis. That's probably going to be the first one on the list that you go, I don't really know Synopsis well. They design semiconductors on a software basis. Microsoft made the list. You've been hearing a lot about Windows 11 being leaked and the death of Windows 10. 
Windows 10 has been around longer than any other operating system for Microsoft. In the last 10 years, things have changed. They need a new operating system to really focus more on mobile and to focus on multiple devices. Microsoft's going to make a lot of money in the next five years. Activision Blizzard's on the list. Lam Activision Blizzard makes video games. Lam Research makes semiconductor equipment that makes the semiconductors. NVIDIA, another GPU stock. Facebook's on the list. Intuit's on the list. Global Payments. Accenture. Accenture's the only one I'm going, eh, I don't know. Pfizer, Fidelity National Information Services, Adobe Broadcom, Visa, and MasterCard. Those 18 stocks would make a very interesting ETF. And it's not a bad list. If you're looking for growth, if you're looking for value or income, you got to look elsewhere. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com.